I was looking for a way to have my my managers invested in, in, in the company. And instead of just quarterly bonus of, I don't think there's enough motivation right away for somebody to work hard these days. You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades. Today, I'm speaking with Mario Martinez, the COO of Ben Franklin Plumbing and Scott's One Hour Air in Tampa, Florida. I spoke with Mario about his insane career growth from service tech all the way up to chief operating officer, his unique and highly effective way of incentivizing managers, the apprentice program that helped him staff all of his trucks, and more. Mario is a futurist, and I hope you find as much inspiration in our chat as I did. Mario Martinez, COO at Ben Franklin Plumbing and Scott's One Hour Air in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, thank you for the great opportunity to speak and, and be part of, of you. <laughs> no worries. I'm so excited to chat with you. We are going to get into this conversation right away, but I'm going to kick it off the same way I do every single podcast, which is how did you get into the trades? Long, long time ago. I'm a third generation plumber. I grew up with my grandfather and um, I just grew up with him since I was a kid, you know, being with him and his truck on riding around just listening to to whatever he had, had to say. He was an old Italian guy, so he had very demanding ways to do things. So I learned the hard way, but it, it carried me on through through all my life, you know, to how to do things the right way the first time. Awesome. And so you were basically, since you could start like toddling around, just like following him around on jobs, or what did that look like? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I always wanted to go with them, uh, no matter what. So every time I had a chance, um, I'll be riding with them or doing something with, with my grandfather. That's awesome. And this was up in Massachusetts, right? It was in Springfield, uh, Mass. Yeah, small cool. town. <laughs> well, now you're in Tampa, Florida. So why don't you tell me how you got started with Scott's One Hour Air and Benjamin Franklin? Sure. So about 17 years ago, 18 years ago, I started working for this company in town and in Shortly after, the company wasn't doing so well, but the owner, senior, he knew Scott B.U. very well. So he introduced me to, to Scott all year at the time. The company name was the Prince of Plumbing. Yes. Yeah, so shortly after, uh, a couple of years after, we joined the uh, franchise world. And that's how we became Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. And later on, we became One Hour Air, Scott's One Hour Air. Nice. The Prince of Plumbing awesome. is honestly a fantastic name, kind of RIP yeah. for that name. <laughs> and when you came yeah. on, were you a service tech? I was a service technician um, um, for the first um, few months, six months or so. And later on, pretty quickly after that, I became a, a um, field supervisor. And, and I mean, later on after that, a uh, year later, I was a service manager, ops manager, general manager, and now COO. Oh yeah, no big, no big deal. No big deal. Just like climbing that service ladder. Before we get into your journey and your progression and your career, can you just tell us a little bit about how you operate Scott's One Hour Air and Ben Franklin? Are they two separate entities or are they considered one? Although we run everything as, as one, we keep everything separate. 
So we got different managers for each company. As far as the admin side, everything is run under me. And then I got, you know, my roots of management behind me. That's awesome. And how many technicians do you have across both businesses? We have 68 technicians, um, including installers and eight apprentices. That's awesome. I can't wait to talk about the apprentices later on in this episode. But I didn't realize from our first conversation that you were with this company pre-joining a franchise and post-joining a franchise. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience was? It was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, a lot of people thought um, that Prince of Plumbing was going out of business. As you know, employees get um, nervous about it because, you know, they 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 not okay with change. So the transition at the time, it was challenging, but we kept it very positive and, and, and just making sure that everybody understand what was our goal of growth. In order to do that, we had to do some more investment in all the areas. And the franchise, the name Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, one hour air, definitely took us to the next level. How can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, so it's, it was a nationwide brand across the country. Overall, between Ben Franklin, Sparky, One Hour Air is about 750 plus shops around the United States. So you are very recognized. So when you're recognized like that, here in Florida, you get people from all over the world. Right? Everybody end up down here retiring. It. So when somebody over here to Florida, they already know who we are. So it's a matter of, of name, um, branding, you know. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Florida definitely is a destination for retirees, especially from New York, where I'm originally from. What a lot of New Yorkers. <laughs> uh, so many New Yorkers. Um, but now, not so many New Yorkers. Now, some of them come to North Carolina because they can't take the Florida heat, so they just go halfway. Anyway, that's a little joke for all you East Coasters out there. What would you say to someone who is interested in partnering with the franchise? I think if they're looking for growth, it's, it's definitely the, the right way to go. Again, you know, a franchise can can expand your territory service and definitely help you grow. And, and if you're looking for a structure and policies in place and, and, and help budgeting staff and people and so on, you know, that branding, marketing, definitely that, that's the right way to, to do it. Awesome. And I'm sure you also get access to a lot of mentors in the space through the franchise that can basically guide you through. Definitely. That's awesome. All right. So coming back to your career, which is an impressive one. So correct, correct me if I'm wrong. We went from service tech to field supervisor, to service manager, to officer, and now we're the chief operations officer. Uh, and that is correct. How'd you do it? <laughs> Lots of work, long hours, dedication, discipline, consistency yeah. a lot lots of heart <laughs> what you gotta you love what you do you know and I do love what I do one of my key things at the uh, with this podcast is really to showcase all of the different career opportunities there are in the trades so what would you say to a service tech who meets you today and says oh wow you started as a tech like me what would you say to them about if they want to aspire to the role that you're at currently Yes, you can achieve whatever you want. If you discipline yourself, you got a, a, a goal, you know, you got you to gotta have a goal. Now, I'm a strong believer that you got to go into the future, come back and see what you want, come back to the present and apply it, you know. So if you, whatever is your goal, your dreams that, that you want to do, you want to grow, you want to open a, a new company, whatever it is that, that you want to do, you definitely got to have the vision. 
you you have to build the house before it's done you know so you got to imagine the house being built before you start building it so you got to finish the house before before it's done so you got to have a lot of ambition of your dreams and you got to come back on um, to the future and, and and apply it work hard for it and 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 there's going to be a lot of a lot of bumps in the road you know there's going to be a bad days good days and don't let that get in your way you know just learn from it and keep moving forward yeah did you envision yourself ever being chief operating officer i did not but i always envisioned myself on a position of growth i'm a strong believer um if you're not growing you're dying and if you, i will ever feel stuck that's it i'm done you know that's 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 the way i am i'm always looking for the next challenge for for the next and i look very very much not just me growing, but I like the people around me to grow with me. That's so awesome. So one of your main goals is to set profit margin goals for the managers across your department. Talk to me about how you set those, especially being so growth-minded. Yes, yeah, so we, we do individual department budgeting, and we set goals and, and um, benchmarks and you know KPIs. And so we do a lot of job costing about every job. We do job costing, which server-side and job costing tools has been one of the best for us because usually we, uh, in the past we had to do it um, manually. But, but one of the main things is, yeah, that was a lot of work. One of the main things that my managers, my team, they have they get an investment on every job we do meaning they can earn additional income depending on on our goals not by the whole company um, margins by every job so on every job that we go if we don't help the customers with whatever issues um they have um, and we walk out of there with zero dollars they are losing on their own investment. So they got to make sure we are providing the right solutions to the customers. They educating the customer. And at the same time, the customer wins, the employee wins, and they win. So they are very minded of every job that we go. We we do whatever it takes to help the customer. And at the same time, you know, they, they get rewarded for it. That's interesting. I've actually never talked about manager incentive programs on the podcast before. Would you say that it's fairly unique to the industry or pretty standard par for the course? I think it's very unique as far as a um, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. But I don't really think that I've seen anybody doing it by, by individual jobs. So this is something that I've been doing now for a year that I needed a different way to have my managers uh, more invested into every single job that we go. And and the only way that I have found out has been the best is doing it by individual jobs. I mean, I'm talking about material being used, material being returned. I mean, you know how it is in this industry. You order parts. They never come back to the warehouse. Well, the managers now, they make sure everything that it wasn't used on that job is returned, applied to the to the job as credit and returned back to the, to the vendor if we were not going to use it. So a lot of little details here and there that I have help us with our, our margins. I mean, it, ever since we've been doing it, every single one of our jobs, uh, I mean, it is pretty close. If it's not almost 100% to the T according to our budgets and, and goals. Hey, is that something that you implemented when you were COO? Yes. 
And I imagine that your experience coming through as a manager, you having held that role, you knew, okay, this is probably the best way to incentivize and get the best return on investment on these, on all of these jobs that we're doing is if we incentivize the managers by job. So yeah, we visit a lot of shops, you know, I like learning from others and, and uh, visit a lot of other companies on, around the industry just to, just, you know, to see what they're doing and if can, I can bring something back that I can apply. And I was looking for a way um, to have my, my managers invested in, in, in the company. And uh, instead of just quarterly bonus of, you know, I, I don't think there's enough motivation right away for somebody to work hard these days and then wait six months, a year to be compensated for it. Most people want everything now, as you know, like now, 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 now. So I took a little bit from everybody and I kind of turned to my own. And that's when I was sitting down with, with the owner of the company and, and my HR, Melissa Fair. And I said, you know what? When we pay everybody by job and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. You know, you're crazy, you can do that. I'm like, let's just give it a shot. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I ran the numbers and it made sense. And we did it. Everybody was on board. The managers, they were super excited um, about it. And I'll tell you, they made sure they can, the job is not closed. They called the customers themselves to see why they didn't go with the job. So it definitely make an impact on, on our company. And of course, the bottom line and the top top line. That's awesome. So you actually went to HR. I believe I've, I've spoken to Melissa Fair before. That's awesome. So you actually went to the company, the owner HR, and you're like, we're going to do this. They're like, you're crazy. You're like, okay, well, I ran the numbers. Let's at least try it and see what happens. That's right. I said, um, um, we, we were already thinking about coming up with something. And, and uh, again, you know, I sit down in the room and I said, you know, you know what, let's, let's try this. Again, you know, everybody looked at me like I was crazy. But I ran the numbers. And, and again, you know, I was prepared. I had some spreadsheets and, and I plug in a whole year of data from previous year to see where, where, where we at and, and project where we could have been if it were, we, we, we were paying like that. And I mean, the number just makes sense. And uh, so far, so good. It's, we're doing great. Knock on wood. Nice. That's awesome. How long has the program been running? About a year now. That's great, man. Congratulations. That must have felt really good. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so what else have you learned as COO that's, um, that what are some like other bits of wisdom now that you're in this leadership role, this growth-minded role? What have you learned that is so important to company growth that you would like to share with the audience? I mean, I learned many things, you know, one of the things that I learned, especially around this time, you know, throughout COVID, it is people, you know, people are very valuable. And it's so hard now to find good employees. It's so hard to find technicians and in, in, in the trade, they they like dinosaurs, you know, they, they don't, they, they're hard to find, you know, they, so what we learn is if we cannot find them, if we can get them to come knocking in the door, let's create them, let's create technicians. That's that's what we started doing. Again, it, w- it was tough, especially throughout COVID. Again, especially material parts employees, but we on the industry we we were blessed. We have plenty of calls. You know, I think everybody across the nation has been blessed as far as compared to other company restaurants and small businesses that haven't been able to survive. We have plenty of work, which is that have the people. So we created the apprentice apprenticeship program and we're just hiring anybody with a great attitude that was willing to to learn the trade and that's how we started we started with one 
on the plumbing side. Then later on, I think a month later, we hired like three more. Then we'll start graduating them, depending on the trade, if it was HVAC six months, if it was plumbing um, a year. And again, now we got eight total apprentices. We have graduated about five of, of them on the HVAC side. Right now, they're, they're our mainest tech. And I tell you, it's one of our best employees because they don't come in with bad habits from other companies. I mean, you mold them the way that you want them. And I think that's very valuable when you don't have to worry about it. When they see, you know, how much investment you are applying to them and, and how much more they, they can grow, you know. So, so, yeah, I learned that people are people, customers are, are the greatest asset and you got to protect them. Wow, is that a new thing? Yeah, lights too. Jeff, this contractor we found, was so easy to deal with. Oh, yeah? We picked out all our options on his tablet, and he had three estimates for us in, like, 15 minutes. It was like shopping on... Okay, does Jeff do bathrooms? Because that sounds amazing. Today's homeowners are finding out which contractors provide the easy, modern experience that only comes with Service Titan. Are you one of them? Visit servicetitan.com to request a software demo today. Awesome. I believe when we first spoke, you said, you know, since we launched the apprentice program, now every truck of ours is filled. That's how that's great. Every single truck. Now I need trucks. I just can't find them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, the car costs right now at this time of recording are pretty insane. Can you tell me a little bit about the logistics of the apprentice program? You know, obviously we talk about this on the podcast a lot, the hiring issue or shortage is an issue. It's affecting everyone. So you identified, okay, people are our biggest asset. We have to grow our people. Once you recognize that problem, how, what steps did you take to begin forming that apprentice program? So long story short, what we do is when we hire somebody that that is is willing to invest into their own career, of course, we pay very well to be an apprentice, but at the same time, they got to invest. So we, we, we teach our own technicians in the field to, to train our apprentices. We got exact questions and, and, and protocols and step-by-step workflow that our technicians in the field follow, and, and they create recommendations for us when they come back to let us know where they are, how much they have learned, and how, how much longer um, do they think it's going to take for them to, to be prepared. And this is a back and forward, our lead technicians in the field between them and management. We also do a class once a week with um, every single one of our apprentices to keep them in track with our company policies, work procedures, how we do business, um, how we serve customers, our beliefs, our guarantees, our warranties. So they can learn all all these things at the same time. And again, you know, our employees are, are one of our greatest assets that we have by not giving a different opportunity. You know, everybody wants to do something different. So when, when we introduced that um, to everybody, including our lead technicians in the field, I mean, they were 100% for it. And of course, we compensate them as well to help us grow this new green generation. Nice. So you essentially made an in, you created your curriculum in-house you incentivized your technicians in the field to bring on these apprentices to train them. And in addition, and you know, you had this these curriculum and these questions for your lead techs for them to ask the apprentices. And then once a week, you have those apprentices and the whole tech team in general come in and just do training on company policies and procedures and that kind of stuff. 
that's definitely correct. Yeah. Amazing. Do you did you partner with any schools? Did you partner with any organizations or alliances or anything like that? So we we get a lot of information from Pearson School. We have hired instructors just for a week or so to come and teach. And then again, you know, I have my lead guys in there. They learn the material, and we keep applying that um, throughout throughout our processes for the apprentices. We have a school in, in, in town as well, a couple of trade schools that they recommend us as their preferred company when somebody graduates, which is great, but um, nobody's prepared until they actually put their foot in the field. You know, it's, it's totally different being in a classroom versus being in the field. That's why we prefer to teach them out there real life events. Got it. And you mentioned Pearson. Is that also a specific type of college or did I mishear you? No, no, it, it is a it's an online system where you take trade tests or nursing tests, you know, to prepare yourself to become a licensed plumber or licensed HVAC and so on. But they also got a lot of material and, and educational material to help you teach technicians about Very the trade cool. and so on. Very cool. Can I just say real quick, the theme of this conversation so far is incentivize, incentivize, incentivize. <laughs> it's like it sounds like you're really intentional about explaining the why behind all of the programs that you run and compensating your team members accordingly to get programs up and running. That is correct. Although we don't concentrate how much I'm getting, how much you're going to incentivize me, incentivize me for what I'm doing. We don't concentrate on that. We concentrate on by doing this things the right way. This is the result of you following this. So you can get so much more if you just follow the process. And this is the result. The results are more money incentives or education, whatever it might be. That's the result of you doing the right things, you know, in the right process and, and what you're supposed to do. So focus on results to supercharge growth, essentially. Yes. Might be the name of this episode. We'll see. So I want to talk a little bit about the progression of your career. Because when we first spoke, you told me that you know, as you made these various steps in your career, you were just constantly absorbing information. You were like a sponge. You were just finding any resources you could. And now in your position, you don't want your folks to go through that same pain of trying to find their own way. So what's the best way, in your opinion, to motivate continued learning amongst your team members and how to get it done? Oh, it's training, training, training. You know, um, there's all the resources that we get out there, right? And, and sometimes you just need somebody to tell you where, where to look at. But sometimes that's not enough either. I don't remember exactly everything that we, that we went over our call the first time, but um, thinking more depth into it, again, you, gotta, you, gotta, you cannot wait for somebody knocking your door. You, you just got to go open the door. You got to look for the information. You can provide somebody everything they, the, that they need, but it's going to be up to them to be able to utilize it and, and, and make it work. So that's, that's what I, what I figure. I figure you, you got to create processes. You got to create um, workflows. You got to create path and you got to create that vision for your people and, and, and follow through is so important. Training, 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 follow through. And most of the time we judge our, our employees because they, they lack on this or they didn't do this, didn't do that. Instead of asking, how can I help you with the challenges? And I think that makes a big difference on, on, 
on employer retain, retention, you know, for them knowing that no matter what, I can come to your office, I, I can call Mario, I can call anybody in the company and they, they're going to help me to do whatever challenges I'm, um, or help me go through the challenges that I'm going through it. And I didn't have that, you know, I, I didn't really have that. I had to figure out um, even how to become a manager, you know, I sit on the chair, I had no idea. I'm like, okay, so what do I do next, you know? So I didn't have that. So we created job descriptions for every position, workflows, SOPs, you know, and and so it takes a lot of work and dedication, of course. Yeah. And I just want to like nail the, you know, you think you hit the nail on the head with follow through, follow through, follow through, you know, service Titans, not a trade company, but we are a rapidly growing company. We, we change all the time. We're constantly changing. And I think follow through is real and reminding about new processes and procedures, repetition, repetition, that word is that what I'm finding in my role has been really effective. Do you agree with that as well on the trade side? A hundred percent, you know, repetition, consistency, discipline is one of the main keys. And of course, you know, you've been talking about it following through that is very important. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I actually say that because I'm calling myself out because I certainly do not follow through as much as I, as I should. I'm definitely someone who's a victim of managing in their head. Like I like to keep things in my head and then I'm like, Oh wait, I have to give you all this information. And I think it's just a symptom of growth, you know? Yeah. At least you already recognize it. So you know what to do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This, this has been eye opening for me, but let, so let's talk about leadership. Cause this is actually a great pivot. Again, when we first spoke, you mentioned that you don't want your employees to respect you just because of your title, which I thought was really powerful. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yes, you know, I don't. Most of most of the time, on management, employees, teams, they respect their their leader or not a leader, their manager, just because of the position they they hold. And now, I, I never lied that. Um, um, when I work for somebody, when I work for Scott, uh, I don't work for Scott because he's the owner of the company. I work because he does right by the employees. You know, he does the right thing, and and that's what I what I always look in 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 my people. I don't want them to respect me just because of the title that I have. I want them to respect me because who I am and what we are able to achieve together. It's not just me. You know, I don't I don't. Because I, I am the head of the company doesn't mean that I, I get everything done. You know, it takes a team effort. And to do so, you got to recognize your people for it. You got to recognize that without them, you know, you cannot be where you're at. And um, you never take the credit for it. You got to give the credit to your people who gets the job done. And uh, again, you know, that's got nothing to do with the title. I don't care what position um, we have in, in the company, whoever comes to work for us, what position um, they are applying for. It's all about who they are, attitude, and, and, and the value they bring to, to our company. That's awesome. Was that something that came naturally to you as a manager, as a leader, or was that something you had to learn? I kind of always been like that, but you learn along the way, you know, because sometimes you get into bad habits, you know, just because you holding a management position, you know, a lot of people think they, you know, I don't want to say the wrong way, but a lot of people, they do think they are better because they hold in that position. That's not 
that's not necessarily true. You know, you you were probably lucky to have that position. I don't know how you got there, but when you when you show an older the position that you hold, and it's about how how much more I can help you grow, you know, and we can grow together. I mean, that definitely makes a bit different on how employees uh, are looking at you. Again, you know, even on my business cards, you're never gonna see my 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 title, you know, because I don't really care. You know, that doesn't define who I am. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot a bit. What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome as in your career as a whole, actually? Biggest challenge? Now that I'm thinking more in depth after our first conversation is acceptance. You know, I accept everybody. I don't care what color you are or where you come from. But people judge people by the way they look and they speak and they communicate. Um, And I don't know if you noticed, but I got an accent. Right. (laughs) So people right away judge you for it. So one of the biggest challenges is, you know, you run this company, you know, you're Hispanic male, 40 years old, so I'm not that that old already running a such a large company. You know, people judge you by that, you know, and I'm okay with it. You know, it's it's their opinion. It's not mine. And so I don't live by it. But it is a challenge when it becomes of acceptance among all the groups, you know, uh, because they look at you differently. So you really got to work hard to to um, show them that although I come from a different place, I got an accent, I get a lot of value. You know, I, I bring a lot to the table. I work hard, and I guarantee you, um, uh, no matter what, I'll be the workest guy in the room. I always like that quote, but yeah, I will show you <laughs> how I will crawl, I will roll, I will figure it out. We'll get there. That's awesome. Now, on the positive side, can you remember one of the happiest moments in your career? Yeah, I was actually doing a, a water heater. <laughs> and I, it's funny, I was doing a water heater and I got a call from my wife that I, she was on the way to the hospital to, you know, because she was about to, our son Matthew. And I finished the job, but <laughs> and then I went to the hospital. That's amazing. Yeah. That were you like? Are you trying to like rush through that estimate and the financing? Like, yeah, if you could just sign here real quick, because I got somewhere to be. No, I was already doing the the water heater. I've already taken off the old water heater, so I couldn't leave the customer without water. <laughs> But the customer was, it was a great customer. I still remember today. Um, it was like, just leave, just leave and come back. I'm like, no, I can't do that. It'll be fine. I'll finish this. I'll make it on time. And I did. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's so, I bet you that customer remembers it too. One time I had a tech in here and in the middle of him installing my new water heater, his wife went into labor. I bet you he yeah. still tells that story. Yeah. Um, all right. So Ben Franklin, one hour in Tampa, you guys, big growth focused company. What are your goals and ambitions for the next, for the next year our goal is to continue to grow with our people continue to hire apprentices and and you know keep adding assets to our into our company and again i i don't have a number in mind uh, again i'm not so a numbers driven guy i'm more by doing this then so you get the results that you want so we're going to continue working on on our progress training 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 is one of the most important things that um, you can ever do, learn from mistakes, move forward, just turn the page. And again, you know, our goal is to dominate the, the that's going to be their results. I hopefully dominate our, our territory, our marketplace, but by doing it right, the right way. 
That's awesome. I have a couple more questions for you. One of which is a new one I've been asking, which is what's your most controversial opinion of the trades? You know, and this starts with our parents, our grandfathers, and uh, our family, and, and just everybody. Everybody misjudged the trade. And we even tell our kids, you know, you should be a doctor, you should be this, you know. But when they're looking at the, at the trade, they they even think, you know, a farmer, farmer's a dirty guy, you know, you don't want to be that. Or AC guy, you know, you really want to be you know, working with your hands or mechanics or whatever it might be, you know, just the trade in general, they, they don't, they don't see it as an, a, an opportunity, as in a career. And, and the results of it, I mean, I got, I got employees driving Mercedes Benz, you know, technicians, they drive better cars than me, you know, just, but they work hard. I mean, I, again, you know, this, this always a possibility depending on how well you want to do your job and the trades, I tell you, the trade made me. So I will not, change that for anything yeah that's definitely an opinion a lot of people share as well i have a couple more rapid fire questions for you are you ready throw it on me <laughs> okay how do you take your coffee black <laughs> if you could have dinner with one person dead or alive who would it be dead or alive i would love to um have dinner with uh tony robbins or or simon Sinek. You know, oh just, yes i can if i can learn something from those those guys you know they gotta figure it out um, we didn't mention Simon Sinek in this podcast, but I definitely saw his thinking in all of your answers. So yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah, every why. God know the why. What's the number one thing you're trying to learn more about right now? Right now, definitely people. Just understanding where where they at on on, on this time. Since you know times change, so um, people's way of thinking also change according to the current generation that we have and, you know, technology, all these things and a lot of times change the way people think. So just people, you know, people, how, how to better communicate and better talk and better listen. Nice. If money weren't an object, so you had unlimited resources, what's the first thing you would do? Of course, you know, I would love to help others uh, grow and you know, really, truly enjoy helping others and see them growing, you know, for those, they want, they want, they want the help and they need the help. Definitely. Nice. What podcasts or book recommendations would you like to make to the audience? Your podcast. Oh, <laughs> Yours you. is great. Books. I read a lot of books. I'll tell you, I wrote them down here for, um, for, um, so I don't forget trash and, you know, how to run a business. And it will definitely show you different ways that you can use on how to make changes in the business or, or apply different ways of how to run the business. Uh, leader, eat, the Eat Last, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek, The Power of Positive Thinking. I mean, that's one of the greatest books. You Can Hurt Me by, what's his name? Um, David Goggins. And it will show you how to, um, through hard times and, 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 mental toughness, how to deal with problems and issues. On, um, and I've never split the difference, how to negotiate with people. I actually finished that one because it was recommended by the podcast maybe like 20 episodes ago. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I also will underline that book, uh, Never Split the Difference, The Power. It's like how to negotiate advice from an FBI like interrogator. It's yeah, yeah. Very cool. Finally, what's the number one thing every contractor must do to run a successful business? 
what they must do is they don't not, not to get stuck in their own way, be willing to change. And when I, oh, I'm talking about change, I'm talking about technology. A lot of people, contractors in, in the trade, they stay stuck on what worked for them 20 years ago, and they think this still works today, and that's why they don't grow. They got to be willing to change. If they're willing to change and try new things and take risks, they'll most definitely grow. Awesome. Mario, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today and sharing your knowledge on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's been great. Thank you so much. Are you looking to build a top tier service company? Service Titans Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash get playbook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash get playbook. Thank you so much for listening to Toolbox for the Trades. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating. Just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. See you next time.